one. Happy, I don't know, whatever makes you feel joy, I guess. Whenever you're watching this video, if it's a bad day, hopefully it turns good. Welcome to Richard and Carl Present Deep Space and Dragons. I'm somebody. And I am the other somebody, and I'll leave it up to you to figure out which one of us is which. I believe in their abilities, somewhat. No, I don't. <laughs> so, before we get into the topic of topics, and before I hunt down your opinions on hunting things, what's new in the world of Carl? Uh, you know, actually, this has been uh, been a pretty boring week. I mean, I mean, I, I I did get a chance to go swimming. That was that was pretty cool. I love swimming. Uh, but, uh, I mean, like, the daylight savings happened, but, but as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's just a minor annoyance where everybody else shifts their times and I just, you know, keep chugging along doing what I'm doing. Oh, Saskatchewan, either you're so far behind that we didn't ever get to daylight savings or you're actually ahead on this one. <laughs> I mean, I, we don't really need to rant about daylight savings again because we have already ranted about how, uh, daylight savings, uh, kills lots of people in a variety of indirect ways i mean but also one direct way there's people who just wake up and their heart stop <laughs> i mean i was reading i was trying to figure out actually uh which is more dangerous vending machines or daylight savings um and uh, i mean i found some stats on daylight savings it's like apparently the the monday after the spring forward for daylight savings um is the purge no, there's twenty a 25% increase in, in cardiovascular-related events on the, on those days because people just don't get enough sleep and, and end up... Dying. Dying. Uh, but unfortunately, the first article I found about vending machines was talking about how bad they are because you can't read the labels on your candy. And I was like, well, that's, that's not why vending machines are dangerous. They're dangerous because people, like rattle them and then they fall over and kill people in actually Apparently, to be fair just... as you've pointed out before as my most likely cause of death is my office job not reading the sugar content in your candy is probably actually far more likely to kill you than the vending machine falling on you like just like oh i'm just going to eat this like the vending machines if they had like you had to tap your id and you're only allowed a certain number of calories a day or it cuts you off would be dystopian but save lives <laughs> Uh, what's new with you, Richard? Uh, so I got back from reading week and then school hit me like a... So I love to give the I'm not overwhelmed or underwhelmed, I'm just whelmed speech. And my mm. workload is very whelming. Because sometimes I have to remember I'm working 24 hours and then a full-time student. And then with three hours of transit, I don't really get to have a life when I have things I need to do. Like, right. thankfully, I'm in school for things I'm passionate about. So it's like, oh, no, I guess I have to go write an article, uh, an essay on why Chaucer, the people who wrote, annotated Chaucer's stories are actually vital historical sources. And by yeah. I had to, I mean I got to because Chaucer's surprisingly entertaining once you get past the Middle English or Modern English. Mm. So it's right. like, yeah, assignments. Are you being sarcastic? No, I legitimately like assignments. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so that's what I did. I did assignments. Yeah. <laughs> Write the papers. That's it. That's literally uh, all that's happened in the last like three weeks. Well, no, uh, no surprise D&D or, or uh, other um, random student events. So tons of student event prep work because I run three of them next week. Mm. But I haven't actually like, well, other than the fact I have to like go at the open house and run these coffee chat pathway talks. 
It's basically not entertaining for our poor listeners to hear about me scheduling conversations to pathway between general arts and sciences and creative writing and publishing. Like, I could definitely talk, start talking block credit, credits, but that just seems kind of cruel. Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose that doesn't, doesn't really sound like an uh, entertaining topic. Like, could you imagine if you were, like, watching a story following some upbeat, punk, spunky protagonist like me and you through a series of adventures, and then you just have to sit there and listen to uh, 500 people be introduced one at a time to talk about their Monday day jobs, how terrible that would be? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that sounds like the current plot of Hunter Hunter. I-, I thought I nailed that segue. Oof. <laughs> so I'm going to start with our... Here's where I'm going to start our unhinged Hunter Hunter rant. Because, like, we can't really good cop and bad cop. I think it's actually going to be, like, John Wick versus John Wick, with both of them having killed each other's dogs. Like, Hunter mm. Hunter made oh. some enemies. So first uh, off, I yeah. read the new chapter. And mm. the new chapter of Hunter Hunter didn't have Gone, Kilia. Kurapeka, Liro, or any named characters from the first five seasons of Hunter Hunter in it. Imagine, yeah. if you will, you're reading a book, and it's book seven, like, say it's the last Harry Potter book, and you read a chapter of Harry Potter, and there isn't a single character that's been established through books one through five, or one through six. How does it exist? <laughs> like, how is this uh. even possible? Well, in you know, like I, I think um, uh, after the, um, I guess we should probably like give any summary of Hunter Hunter before we start deep diving and dissecting why I hate it. Well, yeah, so I, I just well, what I was what I was gonna say is after the Greed Island arc, uh, I think the author wanted to write something else, but just I uh, couldn't couldn't for some reason i don't know well, it's too, it's too scared to to branch out into something new so like i don't i don't know but between catching up on hunter hunter and going through jojo's weirdly jojo's has more continuity between plot arcs but yeah let's loop back to the very start so hunter hunter the x is silent i just felt the need to state that because that's shockingly a true fact so <laughs> we have our protagonist gone 12 year old his dad is gone his objective is to become a hunter to hunt down his deadbeat dad, I guess for child support or whatever. <laughs> Which is a very fair logical motive, because in the setting, there's hunters, people you pay to hunt things, whether they be treasure, bounty hunters, adventure hunters. It's pretty much your D&D adventurer profession, but they're called hunters. To be a hunter, you have to pass the hunter exam, which is the hunter exam. I don't know how hunter hunters pretty old. The Hunter Exam archetype works its way into, like, every show and anime ever made. Well, okay, I, I was actually, uh, I, I was gonna, my, my rant about the the first couple plot arcs about, of Hunter Hunter, uh, is, well, firstly, I don't know what was published contemporaneously, uh, so, like, what, I, the competition, like, it, 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 Hunter Hunter, in the first couple plot arcs, doesn't really do anything, uh, that stands out. But it doesn't really do anything bad either, because I mean the the not the sheltered but uh, unusually tough spiky-haired protagonist is so, a shonen trope. Tro- 1996 is when it came out. Uh, 1998. But, so, but, but so it's like it's a shonen trope. Uh, but 
it's also like a, a very effective to uh, immediately, you know, you, it's it's kind of like the whole save the cat in the uh, in story building for like movies and stuff, where it's 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 something that's comfortable and familiar, and people immediately are like, yeah, this is the good guy, and I can get behind them, and then they're also going to be my point of view for this strange new world that we're going to explore, which. The hunter exam. I mean, like you, like you say, it's basically just the tuning exams, and I so, don't really think there's anything wrong with the first arc. Oh yeah, so I'm gonna give you some contemporation for you. So here's what was in the first the Show and Jump Weekly manga where Hunter Hunter debuted. One Piece was at okay. chapter thirty. Okay. Ryonin Kenshin was at one eighty three. Mm. Yu-Gi-Oh was at seventy one. JoJo's was at five hundred forty two somehow. <laughs> So, if that helps you put the timepiece, this is literally pre-Naruto, pre-Bleach, post-Dragon mm. Ball, post-Yu Yu Hakusho. So, like, you're looking at this, and there is no show and jump thing running in here right now, right? Like, for, like, the typical show and action anime, it was competing mm. with Yu-Gi-Oh!, which, if you recall the first 70 chapters of Yu-Gi-Oh!, those were a trip. Uh, well, yeah. It, and One Piece definitely... hasn't even made it to Sanji yet. <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely not much uh, in in terms of competition for the for the story that he was telling, I suppose. But yeah, like a lot of um, things that r- rip off the tuning exam are in fact probably pilfering it from Hunter Hunter, because Dragon Ball never <laughs> had the three stage wacky combat exam promotion mechanic. Mm-mm. But Naruto had it. Bleach kind of had it. One Piece eventually has a similar one for a while, where they do these like Davy Back Games <laughs> thing. My mm. Hero was based on it. Right. My Hero has no fewer than five tuning exams in it. <laughs> Alright, so the first one is the UA Trials with the robots, and you have to smash enough robots, but you have to also save people for bonus points. Then it has their provisional license, where they had to go stealing the buttons and do this and that to get their provisional license. Then they right. had the summer training camp. Then they had... The other provisional license one that they did like after their internship, like the multi-school yeah, so, one. Sorry, this is this is My Hero Academia. Oh yeah, My Hero Academia had like three or four tuning exams. Yeah, okay, and 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 actually, like the one with the buttons and stuff is like that. That's like a direct, like comparison to to Hunter Hunter right there. Oh yeah, but the thing about early Hunter Hunter is we're finding Gone, introducing characters, and there's no real coherent plot other than hey, let's enter this goofball tournament. That then gets weirdly dark out of nowhere, because it's like happy-go-lucky, you're not really playing to kill. And then his f- new friend Killia rips a person's heart out. <laughs> and then Murder Clown starts slicing people's throats with trading cards. I'm like, yeah, this feels about on brand. Mm. So we go through the tuning exams, and we're like, okay, Hunter Hunter's cheerful, happy times. He managed to steal someone's button with a fishing rod. And it seemed to reward clever solutions. And most of the contests required some thought. Like, there's even right. one where they had to fight the seven condemned prisoners, and they got to pick who fought who. And I'm pretty sure it was, like, Lero ended up having, like, a rock-paper-scissors stripping match against one of them or something. I don't actually remember what happened there. <laughs> but <laughs> they had to uh. go down, like, the puzzle pyramid, and then they had to wait in a waiting room and read some manga for a bit. Mm. And then you get to season two of Hunter Hunter, like, all right, now that we've done our Hunter exam and put no thought into this whatsoever, and Gon is literally no closer to his objectives... I guess we're going to follow Killia now, because we set that up, and he seems to be the most interesting in the fan surface. <laughs> well, I mean, the second plot arc wasn't 
wasn't terrible either. I mean, it, it was it was basically just a, like a battle tower. No, we didn't get to the battle. Uh, and- uh, you, you skipped one. There's literally a bit where they have to put on like weighted training clothes and fight his Killia's butler to open the doors uh, to Killia's house, which yeah. are like weirdly anime specific show and training doors. Yeah, and I did forget about the opening the doors to Killia's house because they have to go rescue Killia from his surprisingly supportive family. <laughs> I feel like that was the best plot twist of the Killia arc. Is his dad's like, "Oh yeah, go live your best life." <laughs> and then he's like sup guys yeah sorry I was grounded but now I'm a- because I didn't tell them I was off to the tuning exams but now I'm free to come adventure <laughs> I did I did forget about that the weird training doors well what's funny is we get to the battle tower another anime trope which weirdly the breaker did best just mm. to give a complete random shout out so we can put in the search keywords for this episode the breaker yeah, which I mean uh, uh, just as a side tangent uh, oh yeah, I baited you into this one. I I really did enjoy the breaker, um, but I I honestly I don't think we're ever actually going to get uh, the next season. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Oh yeah, it's I, I mean I don't I don't actually know where to watch or or, or to read uh, Korean uh, manhwa. I guess they're called. They're not mangas. They're manhwa. Mm-hmm. But but it, it's Korean, so I I really. Even if we do get another season, I really don't know where I'm even going to be able to read it. So it's like, or if it'll ever be localized, that makes me sad. That's very fair. So a moment of silence for the breaker, including the amazing cast punch that I'm stealing from my third book because it's just so awesome. It's so awesome. So awesome. Straight up stealing that for book three because one of my running jokes in my third book is my protagonist no longer has healing abilities and immediately gets his arm broken and gets to spend the first ten ap- chapters realizing that it actually sucks to have your arm broken. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, but so uh, back to the to the battle tower, which so, again was another. What's uh, fascinating about the battle tower is like, okay, let's put in an entire power system, like two hundred chapters into my series. Sure, why not? But what's hmm. amusing is when they did the more recent Hunter Hunter anime because they had one anime they never finished, and they did a second anime. They like went hmm. back and added in this power system into plot arcs and plot two. It's like, oh yeah, we're just going to put auras around characters who are doing aura things because we know that that was a thing, but I do not think hmm. the author knew that was a thing in any way, shape, or form until he's like, all right, let's create superpowers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I... Given that the, the comic started in 1996, you said? Um... I wasn't reading it weekly, so I do have... Um, it's a little bit of a different experience reading a weekly manga uh, when you binge read a weekly manga because you uh, everything, uh, all the information flows much closer together. Uh, and I, I kind of felt like it was actually a natural progression for them to, to find out about Nen. Uh, but it does become it. more... It becomes more and more apparent as the story goes on that the author didn't actually know what he was planning with with Nen and, and their abilities. So, on an unrelated side note, so in the newest chapter of One Piece, he did a reveal that actually was set up in like chapter 101. Oh. In like chapter 1101. It's like, oh, you just. He did one of those things where it's like, oh, it turns out One Piece is post apocalyptic rather than fantasy huh. and then he points all the evidence he's clearly showed you the entire way through and you're like yeah no that tracks <laughs> <laughs> which 
like the marine scientist guy's like, actually, I'm just an archaeologist, which is why we blew up the archaeologist village. I'm like, oh yeah, that tracks. <laughs> it's like, why do you think we just randomly have cyborgs? I didn't just invent pull cyborgs out of my butt. And I'm like, you're right, One Piece. You didn't just pull cyborgs out your butt. <laughs> well, yeah, I I, uh, I really don't have much faith that the author for Hunter Hunter has that much foresight anymore. Yeah. So when we get to the Nen system, though, so Nen is one of my favorite anime power systems because it's a hard magic system, but it's my favorite kind of hard magic system, janky double-edged powers. So, they straight up say in Nen, it's like, first off, explaining your power powers up your power. I'm like, well played, show. <laughs> and then they're like, second, the bigger drawback you give your power, the more power it gives you. And I'm like, okay. So, unlike JoJo's, where people's powers are just arbitrary as hell for no logical reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. In Hunter, if you want to have a bomb that blows, back, blows up time by an hour... You're going to have so many conditions and drawbacks on that thing and then have to sit there explaining to your enemy your conditions and drawbacks to be allowed your mm. nonsense power. I'm like, you know what? I can weirdly get behind that. So mm-hmm. I use your six categories of superpower this time. I'm like, you know, this is a good power system because mm-hmm. it encourages creativity and fun thinking. The problem, right. though, is it's a good power system if you're following four characters you emotionally relate to. Because it lets it develop. Like, like, okay, Gon punches things and has three brain cells. So his ability is to punch things hard. Oh, now he's mm. went through training and he learned how to shoot things and slash things to get things in range to punch them hard. Mm. And they're like, oh, yeah. And then Killy is a lying sack of crap. So he gets a lying sack of crap power and gets to tase you. And they even like <laughs> gave that like personality survey of like where on the Mare's Briggs your Nen power would come from. And mm-hmm. you know me, I love talking with you specifically. Oh, what category of Nen user would you be and what power do you have? I love when my fiction gives me those tools. Mm. Like, I'm going to do that to you right now. What category of Nen power do you think I would have? What category of Nen power do I think you would have? Oof. I can pull up Hisaka's little cheat sheet, if you like, where he literally says, like, what two sentences describe each person. Okay, well... Uh... I feel like you'd be a manipulator. All right, and it's like when they give the like when Hisaka says that bit. Manipulators are people who specifically have one person they care about or a individual they care about more than everybody else, and are basically me. Yeah, no, manipulators, fair game. I'm either a manipulator (laughs) or a transmuter, and those two are pretty much pretty close on the chartograph. Well, yeah, because then then it's like uh, they have a whole thing about how uh, uh, if you're one specific type, you can easily learn the the adjacent types, but they can't very easily learn the opposite type. Where for me, the furthest thing from my power set is punch good, which anyone who's ever (laughs) met me is like, yeah, no, that makes sense. (laughs) So uh, what uh, what power do you think I would have? Punch good. Just straight to punch good? Carl, buddy, pal, you've never manipulated anybody in your life. You've never tricked anybody. You've never committed to a lie for more than 30 seconds. And I don't know if you've ever filtered a thought. Like, I don't even think you've given me a lie of omission before. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I'll be like, how are you today? You'll be like, oh, cold sore on my upper left lip. Been picking at it all day. Blood everywhere. 
I'm like, okay, well, most people would not tell me that, but sure, makes sense. <laughs> well, well, I do love giving people mundane stories. And then they think it's going somewhere, and then it doesn't. Yep. Where it seems like my Nen power would be, like, anything to protect my cat. <laughs> Actually, I'm one of those people that, like, super loves love, and then falls deeply in love, and then it ends, and then I move on, like, pretty much unfazed. Hmm. But, uh, like, the, so the, the Nen powers were, well, are, uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you we we start moving on to the auction plot arc in in Hunter Hunter. Because yeah, the uh, battle tower was a pretty good narrative device for showing off the categories, right? You're like, okay, here's our six yeah. powers, here's our things. So in the Fight Club, and it, what was interesting about it is, okay, you get to learn what some of these other hypothetical powers are as our protagonists are learning their powers, right? Like, all right, here's a mm. manipulator murdering people with Beyblades who lost his legs and is, in fact, a Beyblade. Let's defeat him with a fishing mm. rod. So it's a very right. good narrative device to set up your world a bit. And then we get to the problem with it. So the strengths about having individual superpowers mm. are it lets you tie the narrative to the superpower to the character, right? Mm. As Gon gets grows as a character, becomes more emotionally invested, more creative, this, that, you see it reflected in his power. Like, you see Kilia's originally, okay, my power is cut and run because I've learned my whole life to cut and run. Mm-hmm. And then he learns to cut and run at something instead of away from something. So him being able mm-hmm. to lightning his body to super run is very thematically appropriate. Right. Kind of like you get Kurapeku, who's like, I'm emotionally unstable and I want to avenge my loved ones and I'm a needlessly elaborate conjurer and I use super elaborate plans so this is my chain that if you lie to and you're a spider you get a blade on your heart unless you follow my instruction I get a blade on my heart I'm like yeah no great way to explain the difference between Kurapeka and Gon Kurapeka has 10 superpowers that do 10 hyper specific things and Gon is yell rock paper scissors punch followed by a punch or throw a floor (laughs) at someone's face yeah but, oh, man. So, continue as we get to the auction plot arc, where they announce their Akatsuki. Which, yet again, this came first, so technically Naruto ripped them off. <laughs> well, I think the Akatsuki, uh, or the spiders. spiders, as they are in, in Hunter x Hunter. Spider um, Akatsuki. I actually really like the spider troop, uh, because they are... I, I was thinking about the best way to describe them. They are neutral evil treasure hunters. Mm, they're petty. They, like they're 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 okay with genocide and murder, uh, but they're not just going around willy nilly killing everybody any, anything. They're 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 just a bunch of friends that want to find treasure, and if you're in their way, then you might die. And that's the thing is we love to talk about stakes a lot. Where stakes of the world are lame stakes. But some assholes murdered your family because they want to sell their organs on the black market? That's a very personal stake. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, oh, us as the readers are like, okay, these spiders don't even care about Kurapeka, because why would they? It was a Tuesday for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but where things start to go south in that plot arc is we zoom in on Kurapeka and introduce 10 other characters, and we stop watching Gon and Kilia are actually likable characters. Because we followed them for 300 chapters now, from their friendship when they decide to become friends, where Gon's like, I can be mm. friends with a serial killer, sure, to them then going to 
Kelia's house to rescue him from their parents, then them heading to the battle tower to learn about superpowers. And then we just kind of, like, sideline them from the emotional core of the next plot arc. Mm. To follow Kurapeka, who had, like, no actual screen time for, like, 200 chapters. Yeah, he was just kind of, like, written out for a while. And then when he comes back, he just has a better capability with Nen than, than uh, the two prodigies. Although, that was kind of ex- retconned away for a bit, for it's like every second he's in super mode, he loses a year of his lifespan. So, yeah, I it- well, I mean, that, 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 that comes back to our, our old topic about uh, how do you tell how much lifespan your, your hot dog has taken off. That's fair. Like, I assume this one's just like straight up cell degradation. But the problem here isn't with Kurapeka's plot hacks powers or his vendetta against the spiders. Because we get to a point where like Gon and Kilia get crossed up with the spiders. They're hostages. They're playing their escape. Gon punches a dude real hard. Kurapeka meets the main villain of the show and just nerfs him for a while. And we're like, okay. You didn't actually defeat him. You set up a nice checkoff situation and you introduce these side villains to be relevant later. And then mm. 20 years have passed in real time. <laughs> uh, yeah. And even now, I don't... This latest plot arc is just such a mess. So then we get to them arbitrarily going into the a video game, which is a hunter-hunter video card game hybrid, which begs the question of why, mostly. Because they literally felt the need to spend like 10 chapters to introduce the new card game mechanics, so God and Killia could play this hunter game, which is a stretch. What? It is a stretch. It broke my uh... disbelief a bit that these six people had enough superpowers to make a fully virtual reality, but also real teleport to play sword art mini game to train people how to be hunters with no actual reason to do such. I I guess when you step back and look at the plot arc as a whole, but but binge reading it, I felt like it was an uh, it was refreshing change of pace. Especially can, like because it actually pared down back to our our emotional core, Achilles and and Gon, uh, and then all of the side characters that did get introduced, they felt like they were actively moving the plot forward. So which I... is which is where the next few plot arcs kind of start to really uh, fall apart for me is where they introduce side characters that don't feel like they're moving the plot forward. So I'm a level with you. The Greed Iron plot arc would have been a great animated series by itself, and was a great Hunter mm. Hunter plot arc. But I think it would have been better if it wasn't a video game, real-world, hybrid trading card nonsense. Like, if they were literally yeah, just true. on this island to treasure hunt with other... Like, if it was, like, a structured treasure hunt? Mm. Like, the same basic rules, but you didn't have magic trading cards that were made for some reason? But it was, okay, <sighs> we found this video game, it teleports us in let's do this Hunter Battle Royale thing. It's like, it's just, there are some hoops that were jumped through and I'm not sure why they needed to be jumped through. Because we were equally, like, if the same events happened, but they were actually being hunters, like trying to hunt down his dad in the city or something, you could like Mm. keep all of it without needing a second and third layer of exposition added on. Yeah, I mean, the the video game console thing was a little bit weird. And it's like, like, it just, it doesn't really make that much sense in context. But, I mean, I still, like you say, like it, it was a fine plot arc in a vacuum. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, 
it's definitely not at the point where anyone would... You wouldn't skip it. So, during mm. my last Hunter Hunter rewatch, me and Panda, we skipped the Chimera Ant entirely. Oh, that's too bad. Is it? Well, I mean... For all the the, the uh, discontent we're uh, we're expressing about Hunter Hunter, uh, the the Starcross lovers plotline in the Chimera Ant plot arc, uh, it's it, it's just one of the best Starcross lovers plotlines that I've seen in modern fiction. Uh, I mean, it would be better if it didn't have any of the Hunter Hunter stuff, but the I just really really got emotionally invested. In the Chimera Ant King and the blind girl playing their strategy game. So here's the thing oh. about that plot arc. So there's a lot of things I like about it. So gone, kill ya, magically teleport out of the card game, back into the actual plot of Hunter Hunter. Alright, so far so mm. good. Hey, we actually found a lead for my dad. We're following his assistant. Okay. Mm. Yeah, the assistant was actually apparently introduced in chapter one of the actual show. Of the original manga, so it wasn't an ass pull that he had an assistant. Yeah. The idea that you won a video game console at an auction that you then sold in a hybrid model to then play in the video game to go through to collect the trading cards to warp to him, that is some nonsense. That is some Eisen <laughs> level. His dad's like, oh, I planned this, so if he wanted to, if he brought a friend, he'd go to Kite, but if he went by himself, he'd come to me. Come on. <laughs> no, you didn't. Come on. <laughs> Even if you were actively stalking him, you couldn't have set that up. Well, in in the election plot arc, uh, he does actually seem to show an incredible amount of, of foresight, but that's kind of stepping, stepping ahead a little bit. Yeah. So we get to the Chimera arc, and we're like, okay, the parts I really liked about it. Gon and Kilia in effectively sneaking into North Korea with Kite to do some actual hunter job stuff. Uh, see what... The, the, there's... They're they're going into effectively North Korea, the NGL or whatever. It wasn't kite. subtle. It wasn't subtle. So they're going there with with kite, uh, and then um, kite dies to one of the Chimera ants. A little earlier than I would have liked, honestly. Uh, and like the, there was not the emotional stakes weren't there for how invested Gon got in, into into his death, but that's that's another rant. Mm-hmm. Um. And then this is where I really, really, this one of the things I hate the most is the they stopped the plot to have this training arc mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. And then, like, in world time, uh, two months pass and the plot doesn't go anywhere in within the world itself. They just keep adding more and more characters, doing more and more things. And, you know, at least for this pl- that plot arc, all of the bad guys had like animal traits, so it was easy to see when you were, you know, They're following the bad numbered. guy versus following heroes. But... I mean, the bad guys are basically numbered villains. Like it's like I'm the king. Here's my three royal guard. Here's my six executive guards. Like they're just like okay. So the thing here is, they're like these chimera ants eat people and turn them into monsters. Like that's interesting. Mm. But you you forgot to follow Gon and Kilia for about half of it. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, there's this super invested story. Because as you mentioned, the unrelated manga of Perfect Cell, the ultimate murder machine, playing chess with a small <laughs> blind girl, which is the one thing he cannot do, realizing that he completely defaces pride if he just killed her or murdered her because then she wins because he never proved he could beat chess with her. As they have their deep emotional moment. <sighs> it was so... 
that, that part of the story was just so good. But here's and the I mean, I, I, I really wish that it didn't end with radiation poisoning. <laughs> but, but I really, really loved that, that plot arc, that plot thread of the Kamara Ant plot arc. The rest of it was pretty much garbage. So this is what makes it I, interesting, though. So they're like, okay, here's our perfect cell, our villain we're put, setting up. And then we're going to have him fight the chairman of the Hunter Association, who we know as viewers is the most badass person on the planet. Like, specifically, mm. like, that's his job requirement. Mm-hmm. But the problem here is the chairman fighting the King Chimera Ant had nothing to do with our protagonists or their journey or their goals, right? This mm-hmm, is just mm-hmm. a thing that was happening. So... Well, and, and like, one of the one of the other strange things about the Chimera Ant plot arc is... Uh, so they, they just completely stopped the plot to go into this training arc. Uh, and then Kilia and Gon fail to achieve their objective in the training plot arc and then it actually has zero impact on the story because then they just sneak into North Korea find some other guy that can help them with their with their uh, plans and join back up with with the people who are planning on killing the, the Ant King and what's even crazier though for like just the narrative lack of focus is we had a Chimera go to Gon and be like, okay, you have the strongest one-hitter quitter move attack I've ever seen. I can go invisible. The plan is during all this, you jump out and just punch the king in the face. Mm. But that never paid off. Because Gon's actions did not actually affect the plot of that season. If Gon and Kilia well, were not there, it would not have changed anything that happened. There, there is one other thing which I, which I give, pra- I want to give praise to uh, Hunter Hunter for, and that is uh, that Gon is like the best example of a true neutral character uh, that I, that I've ever seen because it's just like he is, he never does anything because it's the right thing to do. He just does whatever he wants, but he's not chaotic. He's not evil. He's not really good. I, I think we have him good. Like at the end of the day. He can't actively watch someone get punched in front of him who's, like, being bullied. Like, he can't mm. actively be a dick. Like, true neutral means, like, if you see two people punching each other in front of the street, like, you see an old lady being kicked by an old man. Sorry, a young man kicking an old lady. If you're true neutral, you'd have to know the old lady or the old man to get involved. Mm. Gone would yeah, get involved. Kilia wouldn't. Kilia would not care that a guy was kicking a young man was kicking an old lady. <laughs> but then Gon would go in to save the old lady, and then Kilia would murder the guy because Gon's invested. Kilia is mm. true neutral. Yeah, I guess that's fair. In in any event, yeah. I like I Gon definitely uh if Kilia and Gon were removed from the Chimera Ant plot arc, it would have resolved this, all resulted the same because the enemy was actually killed by radiation poisoning. Mm-hmm. So it's just a weird <laughs> chain of events where it's like, okay, we put in these side characters to show that, okay, Gon and Kilia still have a ways to go even though they're kind of awesome. And they both get to win mm. fights, but they only Gon and Kilia only really win fights against Garunts until Gon pulls out a Super Saiyan 3 power-up out of nowhere that he's shown in no way, shape, or form that he knows how to do, that then turned him into a corpse for Kilia's magic sister to heal. And I'm like, guys, you've had like 800 chapters at this point. How is none of these things set up in any way? <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a hyperbole. They're only on 394. 
But you get my point. Like, this thing was running for years. You would think that you would have, like, if you're going to have gone turn into Superman, then a corpse, you would have, like, set that up in some way. Like, if he had seen someone else do it, I would have been fine with it. And then uh. Killia just had no impact at all. And it's one of those weird things where, like, okay, you up the stakes to the stakes of the world so you could show some of these adult characters doing things. And then you killed off the adult characters doing things, killed off all the villains, murdered most of the side characters. So none of this mattered. And then you took go- the... Here's the crime. So if Hunter Hunter had ended after the Chimera Ant where Killia resurrects gone because that's what Killia learned was, okay, the most my best friend's the most important thing, so I'm going to make peace mm. with my family to save my best friend. And now I'm out of the story. And then Gon's like, okay, well, I lost my superpowers, but I'm alive. But I succeeded at my one goal. I meet my dad, talk to him a tree. The problem is Hunter right. Hunter's still going. Mm. So Gon never literally got to like finish his character arc. And he's still on the cover of the book, but hasn't been seen in <laughs> 10 real years. Uh, yeah, uh, 54 chapters. Since the uh, since this latest plot arc started, and it's just like, why would we be invested in new characters? Also, why are you making new characters? <laughs> oh, and so many too. Because like the but, spiders are still a thing, and they just haven't dealt with that yet. Hisaka is still a thing. Like the actual antagonist that showed up, like chapter one, forgotten to fight, and then they had a fight in Heaven's Tower, and then they played dodgeball together. How has that plot arc not reached a th- satisfying conclusion? <laughs> well, because you know they had to, they had to stop for the Kilia's magic sister slash election plot arc. You see, I'm which actually... again goes to, goes to highlight the the lack of narrative focus because I don't. They were so unrelated, except for the fact that Ging was part of the Ging being Gon's father was part of the election process. See, the thing is, the election was set up where they're like, okay, here's who our top people in the Hunter Association are. <laughs> And they had this whole thing of like, okay, we need to... The entire Hunter Association acknowledges that Gon went to fight the Chimera King, but also he's being used as a political pool. See, I kind of like that, actually. That So Gon's in a coma because he showed up with the attack team to defeat the Chimera Ants where their president got killed. And both mm. sides are like, well, I'm pro-Gon, I'm anti-Gon. Like, okay, it's still about Gon in a weird way. Or people are like, okay, we're going to try and use Gon to swing an election. But the problem yeah, I mean, is they I, introduce I'm, these characters, and then it's mm. like, okay, we brought Gon back. And then he just threw Gon in the garbage. It'd be like if Naruto died fighting pain, and then they kept doing Naruto. <laughs> like, I just don't know how his editor allowed him to not have his protagonists. Well, you know, I think in the past 50, 50 chapters, Gon has gotten, uh, like, five panels. And it's insane. Pretty good. And they're like, oh, yeah, I lost oh. all my superpowers. Uh, another another interesting uh, note about lack of narrative focus. What's up with the king of NGL? Who cares? Because in the middle of the Chimera Ant plot arc, there was, there was a chapter, there were two chapters. Uh, the chapter where they're like, oh, the king of NGL is in the village. We're going to kill our training. And then they did a whole chapter about how the king of NGL was, was uh, abused by his parents and then decided to be evil and sell drugs out of, out of NGL. Oh, uh, I can actually explain and then, that one. Really? So, because, had, here's like, the point From what that. I've read, uh, 
then like the the dog chimera guy got really old and he's like ah that guy's our true king and then he left and that was it so the idea is that all these chimera ants had fragments of their memories when they were alive mm-hmm. the king of ngl got eaten by the chimera ant queen and became the chimera ant king to play chess with the little girl that die uh so the idea was if i was following it at all we introduce these characters, so then bring them back as Chimera Ants to kind of, like, do a whole reincarnation thing? I don't know. Also, they brought Kite back to life for some reason, and didn't even bother to give her any screen time. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I missed something there. Uh, I but could be like, wrong. It's been a while since I did the Chimera Ant. Like I said, we're like, we watched the start of it, we're like, cool, now there's like 50 episodes of people slow-mo punching each other while a scoreboard ticks up. Let's go straight to the election. <laughs> uh yeah I mean I guess it's possible he got eaten by the by the Chimera Ant King. I just if he did, I missed that in the manga because like I said, the King of NGL was literally in the town they were training in while the queen was doing her thing with the giving birth to the king, I guess. Gestating? Gestation period? Something like that. I don't know. Apparently, I looked it up because I was curious. It was not mentioned he was in the same town as them in the 2011 anime adaptation. Huh. So I just didn't even occur to that. Yeah, yeah. I well because it's it was so pointless. It, it was it was a waste of a week of of uh, printing, like because it, there's there's there was no payoff. And there never will be any payoff because now they have a hundred characters on a boat. So apparently he definitely died and became one of the Chimera Ants who wasn't listening to the Queen because of his personality. So apparently he, let's see. I I must have just missed that because (laughs) He, he, he was apparently just evil trying to sell drugs to spread his evilness. Uh, absolutely no idea. I tried to look it up, and it never really went anywhere. Well, I mean, like, that's, that's just kind of seems to be, like, because now we also have the 500,000 Nen pods of people, which I thought that Periston, the, the rat and the Zodiac of the, um, Hunter Association, I thought he was going to, like, try and do like try and go rogue and, and use the chimera ant soldier nen pod things to do whatever he wants to do but now we've just been focusing on the 11 princes and they're well, like 50 can't... bodyguards and so like jojos can get away with this because they have the decency to change the title mm. and like have a genetic connection because it's like so in jojos every season of jojos will have a drastic change of series but they'll have the decency mm. to introduce who our main protagonist is and let us follow them, right? Mm. So, Kurapeka, we're not following. He's there. But we're not actually following him. Where if we were actually following Kurapeka this whole time, through these, like, 500 new characters being added for some reason on this whale mm. boat that's heading to the New World, which is the interesting part, which somehow mm-hmm. doesn't... They somehow have a 24 boat that has our main villains of the spiders who haven't been dealt with yet, several of our main characters, and nothing has happened but introducing characters and Ned Powers. 
More and more Nen powers, more and more characters. And the, as a, to loop back around, the Nen powers worked because they're superpowers that shaped based on the character's personality. Nen powers don't work as a writing device if we do not care about these characters. Because mm. then they tell us nothing and they're just random powers again. Like we had Hisaka, who's had two powers, r- rubberized gum and texture <laughs> shade filters. And he's like, well, I'm a, psych- I'm a psychotic lying trickster magician, and I pretty much just murder people with trading cards. And half of what I'm doing is just throwing up in <laughs> cardboard cutouts and gluing things to things. <laughs> and that was awesome. Because like, yeah. oh, he's a sociopath, with his, but he's also a stage mage. And he's very committed to a stage mage thing. Like, when he actually showed up, like, three chapters ago in Hunter Hunter, I'm like, oh, hope! Because he just didn't have his makeup on and just looked like a normal dude. And that's the hilarious bit. The funniest thing that character's ever done was like, oh, wait a minute. Literally every part of his disguise, including a spider tattoo, was just temporary tattoos. It could just look like a normal person to go incognito. Well, I mean, another... Something that's also a bit strange is for some reason, like, uh, Hisaka's whole goal throughout the series apparently has been to fight the leader of the spiders. And then he fights the leader of the spiders and gets his ass kicked. Uh, and then he uses far. his bubble gum. No, he got his ass kicked. He literally got blown up and had to uh, beseech his gum powers to restart his heart. First off, he set that like, up in advance, which is just next level tech. <laughs> he, he got his ass kicked. <laughs> anyway, so Hasaka got his ass kicked and won the series decided to stop. He, like, he got his face blown off. He got his leg blown off. I think one of his... No, I think he had both his arms. But his face and his legs. So here's the so thing he, about Hunter Hunter. So we start following this boat. And I'm like, this is actual hell. And like, cool. Want to go to Heaven's Coliseum and watch the leader of the spiders fight Hasaka? I'm like, yes, yes, I want that. <laughs> I get four chapters of that. I'm like, I'm deeply invested in this. And then we get back to the freaking boat. <laughs> I hate the boat so much, Carl. I hate the boat and everything it represents. Because <laughs> it's like, if this show actually only showed scenes that contained a named character from before the boat, it would actually be good. Mm. Like, I don't mind when it's Kurapeka trying to, like, protect his would-be prince on his mission while trying to find a way to lure out the spiders. Because Kurapeka fighting the spiders has been an established conflict. And mm-hmm. I don't mind when a politician goes up to Asaka's like, hey, want to fight the spiders? And he's like, of course I want to fight the spiders. What are you, high? Who do you think is going to win, me or the spiders? Like, probably the spiders. It's like, cool. <laughs> like those odds. Because he just doesn't learn, and it's great. But we have so much following nobody about nothing. Hey, there's the prince that can stop time for ten seconds. Yeah, Dio? Uh, well, I mean, I think his power is slightly better than Dio's, because well, he actually changes the future. But it shouldn't be based on how the show's written, which is why it frustrates me. Uh, and then he also has his parasitic Nenbees. Like, so, it's like, they introduce the new world. Uh, and then everybody... Straight up they, and, then, and then they introduce this political conflict between Pariston and the rest of the Zodiac, and he basically goes rogue to try and go to the new world before mm-hmm. the Hunter Association. I'm not... Because they, they also haven't mentioned Jing or Pariston in, like, 45 chapters or something like that, because... Mm-hmm. They're just off on their own side mission to do the same thing that this boat is doing. Which is so much more interesting. Uh, 
But it's like, so they introduce the new world, and then they're like, oh, but there's also 11 princes. Uh, oh, but there's and also they parasitic... <laughs> and they're... Oh, but there's also parasitic nen abilities. Those are called stands, and they come when you're stabbed with the stand arrow. That is exactly what those are. <laughs> those are just stands outright. They are just stands outright. They even follow the same rules of being invisible unless you also have a stand and oddly specific powers and the coming out of your body to aura aura punch people. They're just stands. <laughs> and Nen was a more interesting power than stands. I want to be clear. I'm pro Nen anti stand, but those are just stands. They just put stands in for some reason. Well, I'm not I mean, okay like with this. Say, like you say, JoJo's was that. 500 chapters before uh, when Hunter Hunter debuted. So (laughs) there's got to be some uh, inspiration taken there. Well, to be fair, like JoJo's but better is a completely valid strategy Mm -hmm. because it's dated. It has questionable logic. He invented stands because he ran out of ways to um, light punch vampires. (laughs) But the thing is, what bugs me about JoJo's magic system is stands do whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. And it can be as nonsensical as you want, and there's no power scaling or balance. There's, sometimes they'll pretend they'll be like, "Well, long range stands have downsides." Like, guy sent an indestructible turtle bot- beetle at you that like, followed you indefinitely and exploded infinitely. Mm. Or, oh, he has a bomb that rewinds time by an hour. <laughs> so JoJo's powers are just nonsense for no reason. Oh, you said the unlucky word a beetle ripped out your tongue. In Hunter Hunter. They even set up like, oh, as a conjurer, you can summon a knife. But the knife you summon is actually worse than just buying a knife. But if mm. you put specific ch- terms and conditions on it, you can make the knife do special things. So right. like, for Kurapeki, he's like, okay, I have a chain that shakes back and forth when there's bad guys nearby. But I can no longer tell lies to use my <laughs> lie detector chain. Or I have a chain that holds black spiders still. But if I use it against anyone else, I die. I'm like, okay. So you're like, I have a superpower, but I've literally blocked myself from using my superpower. That's fair. Mm. Or gone saying I have to actually chant out rock, paper, scissors, then I punch you really hard. That's fair. Or the chairman Netero being like, I have to do 10,000 punches a day to get the best punches. (laughs) Oh, the chairman was such a cool character. Right. But then it's like, when you just give people powers without drawbacks, you lose what made the system interesting, and people on the boat just have arbitrary powers with no seeming restriction. Like, they forgot the restriction mechanic completely in the show. And you, But then they're still using the divining water to determine what type of Nen people have. But they're like, just... Speak. And it's like, d- does it really matter what kind of Nen they have? Like you said, they're, they're just speed learning this Nen for one... For no reason. It's like he just wants to introduce a bunch of arbitrary superpowers now. Mm-hmm. And that's the main thing that I'm, gets me is like, there's yeah. no motivation for any of this that ties into Gon wants to find his dad. Kilia wants to be an adult without the influence of his family. Kurapeka wants to avenge his clan. Liara wants his PhD in slow jam studies at Funktown University. None of these <laughs> goals for any of our characters have anything to do with what's happening right now. And that's why I hate it. Hisaka wants to fight strong people. The spiders want to not die to Hisaka. They want to get their leader's powers unsealed. His leader wants not, to then... The, the leader's powers are already unsealed because they found the exorcist on Greed Island, which is why the spiders were there in the first place. Although, really, the author put the spiders in there to be like, hey, don't forget about the spiders. Yeah, 
Also, so Hasaka could play dodgeball in one of my favorite scenes. I just... You know what? I'm going to take back some of my greed and criticism. Sure, the video game mechanics is dinky and tacky, but you did have the Season 1 villains play just dodgeball with the season, in Season 2, and that's just amazing. <laughs> like, any time you take somebody who's like a straight-up serial killer, like, yo, we need a third for our dodgeball team, and he's like, you know what? I'm down. That sounds great. <laughs> can we kill them? And it's like, no, but you can certainly try, because we're playing some hardcore dodgeball. He's like, yeah, I want to play some dodgeball. <laughs> and dodgeball where if you don't dodge you'll die but if you dodge you uh, lose a point lose a point like... yeah. I mean it didn't need the video game tropings because then dodgeball was awesome all on its own <laughs> but yeah but just, like, they just forgot the whole... to have characters in this season that's, that, that's the main takeaway from Hunter Hunter is they wrote a Harry Potter that... novel without Harry Potter in it for the new season like, no, no, it's, just, it's just that it, it is really, really lost narrative focus. And I, I, I'm just not emotionally invested in anything that's going on anymore because there's so much going on that I don't know what to be invested in. Well, let's put it this way. I, at one point, had a flowchart to track every character in World Trigger. Mm. I did not even attempt to attract, track the new characters in Hunter x Hunter when they got on that boat. I know yeah, 800 like... plus Pokemon names and typings. I know every Digimon from season one of Digimon. I know most of the hand signs in the Fireball Jutsu, and I cannot tell you who's in this season of Hunter x Hunter. Look, uh, yeah, the, there was one chapter um, I'm reading, uh, and then um, they there's a, a character who has a, who has a superpower. They're... they're uh, patient zero they infect other people with superpowers it's like so i can give you superpowers and then you you level up which makes me stronger and then when you get to level 50 then you can give other people superpowers these are supposed to have downsides uh but like i'm i'm reading and it's like the 11 princes and and all these all their guards and stuff and then they uh introduce 23 characters that have unique superpowers from this patient zero guy uh, and I like, I like those 30 chapters into this boat plot arc, or maybe even 40. It's, and it's like, it's really, 23 characters, like even Bleach didn't actually bother to go through all 26 letters of the alphabet. So the Bleach anime is currently going, by the way, as they're covering this plot arc. And I forgot this had happened, but Kapachi rolls up to the main villain and just killed three of the lettered villains. He's like, oh yeah, the first one was a little wimp. The second one, I ripped out their throat, and the third one turned into me, and I had to fight me, and of course it was hard, because I'm awesome. But then I just had to be stronger than me, and I beat up me, so now I'm here. <laughs> and this, that whole explanation was like three minutes on screen, I'm like, oh man, that was beautiful. <laughs> that's right before he fights the, the imagination guy, right? No, that's right before like the Quincy King, ba- Qu- King basically nerfs him to a wall, and then old man decides to throw down with the Quincy King. Oh, they are right. speed running this thing. This is like episode five, and we have Quincy King fighting old man. Yeah, okay, but but then Quincy King turns out to be a doppelganger. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but yeah, like when you have less narrative focus in Bleach, who added in twenty six lettered villains at once, <laughs> along with not removing any other characters from the board. Like, they added in these villains, but then kept all the, like, new characters they added, like all the Vizards, all this, that, several of the Ronkars, Uohara mm. in his shop. It's like, yeah, no, you just added 26 more characters in at the start of a season because you can. I guess 27. 
No. And then the Royal Guard. About 32. Bleach added 32 characters in one season. Did, did, okay, dude. Random tangent, and then, and then I think we should probably focus in and, and go to a random question. Uh, but did Bleach uh, actually introduce all 26 letters? Uh, I'm not certain. Because I don't, I don't think so. I, th- I think they actually, uh, like you say, three three lettered villains disappeared, were killed off screen by Kenpachi. Uh, and like I, I don't remember, like the letter Z, the letter Y, the letter X. What? Oh, so I looked it up. So there was no K, there was no N. Okay. And. Most of the other ones did, in fact, show up. Huh. Z was the zombie. Y was yourself. X was the X-axis. Oh. So they all did, like, exist. But most of them just kind of wrecked, got wrecked. Like, mm. some of them got real fights and other ones just kind of got owned. Yeah, okay. A- anyways, um, like I say, like, I, I think we've ranted... Uh, had our own unfocused rant on how much we dislike the new plot arc of Hunter x Hunter, and maybe we should uh, True. <laughs> but here's the worst part, up. though, is if you just watch the Netflix anime Hunter x Hunter and let it end where it ends, it's actually a pretty solid mm. show. Yeah? Yeah. Where does it end? With Gon and Ging ta- sitting in the tree talking about how there's a big world out there. Huh. Yeah, okay. So Gon succeeds oh. and fi- climbs a tree, no longer having his superpowers, went on his venture, meets his dad, they have a little talk about Why'd you, he didn't even ask why'd you leave us. He was more like, "So, what's go?" It's like, "So, tell me about yourself." It's like, oh, "I just love adventure." He's like, "Yeah, I love adventure." And they both sat in a tree and talked about how much they loved adventure. <laughs> Killy had saved his sister. The spiders were fine, but they were never going to really finish that plot arc anyway. <laughs> oh, and all wrapped up kind of nicely. Lettero had his doctor degree. They made sure to make him have one last cameo. It was a fine stopping point. It was a fine stopping point. Although I will say. Uh, this this is my final Hunter Hunter comment. I am a little bit amused uh, by the plot point that the that, that Ying pulls points out, where he's like, "Yeah, this is the biggest tree in the world, but it's actually like growth has been stunted, and there's other trees in the in the dark continent that grow to the size of mountains. Also, that's where the Chimera ants came from, and it's like the dark continent is so powerful that the ants could literally literally destroy mankind. I really want to go there." Right, but also um, that was we're kind not of like, a, there. but that was actually still a weirdly good place to wrap up the show, because it's like mm. the world. Because the key takeaway was the world's such a huge place that even this like whirlwind and chimera ant was kind of a low key thing. I'm like, you know what, this is fine. Like, it's kind of poetic in a way to be like the world's so big out there. There's infinite adventure. It's not a bad way to mm. end your adventure series. Yeah. All right, so here's our random question of the week, and this week's winner will get a fifteen dollar gift card to my Waltz of Blades merchandising shop. Ooh. What is the weirdest thing currently in your fridge? The weirdest thing in my fridge. Hmm. So I mean, we, we don't. I'll start this one. So I have like a chili lime chutney. I bought it in a jar to put on samosas from the corner store, and it's like yeah. it's like a green. I can't actually read the label. I just kind of looked at the color. And it was on the shelf near the samosas. And it's like, <laughs> okay. there's like some jalapeno-y, garlic-y good stuff in there. And I think mangoes. So that's probably the weirdest thing to be in a white guy's fridge. Racism not intended. 
I mean, the cultural food differences. <laughs> like, it, it, it's just kind of a fact that, that uh, that's just not a typical uh, dinner experience for North Americans. It is good, though. <laughs> <laughs> it was better than the samosas, it turned out. Because I wanted to air fry some samosas. But did, did I stall for enough time for you to find something? No, I, I'm pretty sure I just have typical white guy stuff in there. Like, like I got some pork chops, I got some mayo, oh, no. there's some hot sauce. Actually, this is changing to a game where I'm saying yes to each... Th- list off these things, I'll say if I also have them to prove they're just white guy staples. So, so far, yes to all of those. <laughs> uh, there's some milk, there's yep. some eggs, Yep. there's some cheese. Yep. Uh, ketchup. Uh, Weirdly, no ketchup in my fridge at the moment. Huh. I got some, like, uh, juice. Uh, I love using juice crystals and fruit punch. I feel like I also have fruit punch, and I definitely probably have, like... I have ketchup. It's probably just in packet form in the packet drawer. Uh, there's some, there's some corn. I like corn. Uh, yeah, I'm really, like, I'm I'm trying to go through the things in our fridges. We just don't, we don't buy weird things. Even even in our freezer, we don't really have anything that weird. It's like, you know, we got, like, frozen broccoli it comes in like little like steamer bags you just like put it in the microwave and it steams up that's really good i finally got my like... broccoli coming out right mm-hmm. on my air fryer yeah oh yeah air fryer oh yeah like you buy fresh broccoli or yeah fro- no frozen broccoli right in the air fryer bam boom frozen broccoli in the air fryer you gotta <laughs> get it perfect or else you end up with either crispy broccoli or not perfect broccoli <laughs> my my girlfriend is just sitting in in the the room here listening, and she's like, "Oh, air fried broccoli, that sounds delicious." Oh yeah, <laughs> like I think I ended up putting it at like four hundred for eight minutes, and I put in broccoli and like cubed bacon, like not quite diced, like cubed, so it wouldn't go through the grates. So that way, the bacon vapors would ste- cook the broccoli. But but yeah, I I, I really. I don't have anything that is unusual for for the nope. North American diet. I don't think. No pickled eggs. No. No sauerkraut. Uh nope. No sauerkraut. No cauliflower. No dragon fruits. Wow, you're just boring. And with that, thank you everybody for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please purchase the Waltz of Blades or the Minuet of Sorcery because each book sale keeps me alive slightly longer, so we can podcast about things. Yeah, podcasting about things. All right. Well, everybody, have a lovely evening and have fun hunting down the hunter who hunted your hunters. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Uh, Hunter Hunter had so many fun moments and good ideas, and then it's just like, and we're on a boat. And we're on a boat. My problem, I'm like, how did your editors read this and be like, can we have gone, please? He's on the cover of the video game. (laughs) 